Today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Spotify Greenroom, which is the new name for the locker room app, by the way, and is the incredibly awesome live audio-only sports talk platform. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Spotify Greenroom app for free wherever you get your apps. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, July 9th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go out and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc., and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good morning ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into this Friday edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. So close to the weekend, very much so. Looking forward to it. I got some fireworks to go see tomorrow night after I go golfing. Uh, we also got Poirier versus McGregor. Three, it's going to be a great weekend. But to start things off on the show here today, let's talk about the report that Scott Powers of The Athletic tweeted out yesterday, which was that according to a source that Powers talked to, the Blackhawks are not expected to buy out any players during the NHL buyout window, which opened up late last night. The buyout window always opens 24 hours after the Stanley Cup is awarded. So probably around 10 p.m. last night or so, uh, the buyout window opened, and it will run until 5 p.m. Eastern time on July 28th, so about 18 days here for the Blackhawks and the other 31 teams around the National Hockey League to make a final decision, or I guess the other 30 teams in the National Hockey League. Seattle doesn't really have any players to buy out at the moment, Um, but it sure sounds like the Hawks don't have any intention on buying out any players on their current roster. And really, there were only two candidates for this, at least in my opinion. One was Brett Connolly, and the other was goaltender Colin Delia, although I really wouldn't have expected Delia to be bought out. I more so thought Connolly would be the only guy the Blackhawks were considering. But according to Powers' source, don't expect that to happen in the next couple of weeks prior to the Seattle expansion draft. Connolly actually does have... um, a team-friendly buyout clause in terms of the dollar amount, but if the Hawks were to pull trigger on that move and buy him out, Connolly would still be left on the books until 2025. And even though it would be at a discounted rate and it would save the team some money overall, if Connolly, you know, were to stay on the roster for two years, which I doubt is going to happen, I just feel like the Blackhawks... They would much rather try to use him as a sweetener, either in a trade this summer or potentially in the Seattle expansion draft to try and get the Kraken to take a particular player on their roster instead of maybe losing uh, a David Camp or 
Adam Gaudet or Nikita Zadorov or Calvin DeHaan, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with Connolly going forward because considering the position the Blackhawks are in, there's just no reason to be paying him $3.5 million over the next two years to play a bottom six role. I mean, yeah, that would be great for um, a cup contender who could use some scoring in their bottom six, but that's just not where the Blackhawks are in their rebuild at the moment. It really doesn't help them all that much to have a guy like Connolly at their roster. But at the same time, I don't think there's any team across the National Hockey League that's going to want to pay him 3.5 mil after the somewhat disappointing season he just came off of. Um, My guess would be if the Blackhawks do wind up using him as a sweetener for a trade or for Seattle, I still would expect them to have to retain somewhere around, you know, 1 to 1.5 million of that contract for the next two seasons. Not only does it save them money, but they also would then avoid the buyout penalty of having him on the books for an additional two years. So that's why I'm thinking the Blackhawks are kind of staying put and supposedly not going to be buying out Connolly or anyone else in the next couple of weeks, even though Connolly was really their only candidate. Uh, I think they would just rather take their chances of moving him somewhere else and potentially being a part of a trade that could help out the team rather than simply just buying him out and taking the penalty. Either way, though, I would be really surprised if Connolly still is a member of the Blackhawks by the end of the summer. They do have some options here, but they clearly don't want to just buy him out. So um, I would expect a trade coming this summer that does include forward Brett Connolly because, again, there's just no need for a team in a position like the Blackhawks are to be paying a third or fourth line winger $3.5 million over the course of the next two seasons. All right, I think that takes care of the latest update from Scott Powers on the Blackhawks not being expected to buy out any contracts in the next couple of weeks. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into all the latest trade rumors on two-time Norris Trophy winner Duncan Keith. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done talking about the report from the Athletics' Scott Powers, which stated that a source told him the Blackhawks are not expected to buy out any players before the buyout window closes in a couple of weeks. Moving on now, before we head into the weekend, I definitely wanted to get into all the latest trade rumors that have been put out there regarding Hawks veteran defenseman Duncan Keith. So, of course, most people are aware by now about the news that dropped last week on Keith requesting a trade out of Chicago in order to go to some team in the Pacific Northwest that's closer to his family. Well, those trade talks are starting to pick up a little bit here, especially with the Edmonton Oilers, which apparently is a team that Keith would be willing to waive his full no-movement clause in order to be traded to. And to add some fuel to the fire here, Yesterday, TSN's Elliot Friedman reported in his 31 Thoughts column that Chicago and Edmonton are currently grinding away at a deal for Keith, but the Oilers could be playing a little bit of hardball because, um, well, (laughs) 
The news was kind of out there for everyone to know that Keith really would only like to be traded to a handful of teams. And out of those five or six clubs that are possibilities, only a couple of them truly are in a position to make a move like this. And Edmonton, being one of those, they know this about themselves. They know the Blackhawks would be willing to move on from Keith at this point, but they know they don't have many options. And it's looking like the Blackhawks could be looking at retaining somewhere around 30 to 50% of Keith's $5.5 million cap hit for the next two years. And it's probably going to be closer to that 50% mark, honestly, based on what we're hearing right now, because the Oilers know they have all the leverage over the Blackhawks at this point. So the question now becomes, would the Blackhawks, would they rather retain half of Keith's salary for the next two years for probably... Uh, a middle round pick or, you know, a semi-decent prospect or player in return? Or would they rather just pay him the full price and not have to worry about retaining, excuse me, any money or possibly giving up something more like a sweetener to another team in order just to move his contract? But at the same time, you know, if Keith is wanting to be closer to his family, which all the reports have stated, the Blackhawks should be trying to get a deal done if possible. Now, they they don't have to trade Keith, but if that's what he wants after all this time, you know, after everything he's done for the organization, if a trade isn't going to be completely detrimental to, to the Blackhawks' rebuild, then I think they should absolutely be kicking all the tires possible. And I'm sure they also wouldn't mind clearing up a, a good chunk of that $5.5 million off the books as well in order to try and land... Uh, a top-tier number one defenseman this summer in either Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton, which they're rumored to be in the conversation for. And speaking of Seth Jones, one player tied to the Duncan Keith trade with the Edmonton Oilers is Seth's little brother, Caleb Jones. Apparently, the Blackhawks are trying to acquire Caleb from Edmonton in order to try and persuade Seth to sign on in Chicago for the future, which isn't a half-bad idea in my opinion. Uh, taking a look at Caleb, um, he himself is a former fourth-round pick back in the 2015 NHL draft. He's a six-foot-one, uh, 200-pound left-handed defenseman. He's now 24 years old, but he's kind of had a hard time adjusting to the NHL level with the Oilers so far in his career, and it seems like he could be in need of a fresh start somewhere else. I'm not sure if it would be you know, a potential trade, I'm talking. I'm not sure if it would be, you know, Keith and some salary retained in return for Caleb Jones. I don't know if the Blackhawks are wanting that straight up or if Edmonton is willing to do that, but we do know that Jones has been tied to these trade rumors involving these two teams. So. Things are definitely starting to pick up here for the Duncan Keith trade rumors, and honestly, ladies and gentlemen, as tough as uh, tough as tough of a pill as it is to swallow, I honestly do expect Keith to get traded here in the next couple of weeks. Not only does it make sense for the Blackhawks to try and shed some of that cap hit while they're in the midst of a rebuild. There's no need for a 38-year-old defenseman at this point with all the young blue liners they have coming up in the system. But that could also, moving Keith could also help out their future blue line by, you know, enticing Seth Jones with his brother Caleb. And also, let's not forget, Duncan Keith, he can still get what he wants here and being closer to his family and also I don't know if it's going to happen in Edmonton, but still having a chance at going for another Stanley Cup before his career is all said and done. And with these conversations 
starting to pick up, you know, between these two teams, I honestly would not even be that surprised to see Keith possibly traded before I record another episode of Locked On Blackhawks come Monday morning. All right, there are the latest updates on the trade situation involving veteran defenseman Duncan Keith. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for 27-year-old goaltender Malcolm Subban's 2021 season recap. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, and they also have a couple of new flavors right now like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which they just sent me a free box of. It's really good if you're a mint guy uh, or girl, I should say. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which, like the other, like the others, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are also soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's a capital L in LOCKED, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. We're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just wrapped up the latest rumors on a potential trade by the Blackhawks involving defenseman Duncan Keith. Now, last but certainly not least here on the show today, it's time for 27-year-old goaltender Malcolm Subban's 2021 season recap. So, for Subban, heading into training camp, we knew it was going to be a wide-open three-way battle for the Hawks' starting goaltender job between he... Colin Delia, and Kevin Lankinen. But I think most people assumed that Subban was probably going to be the guy, at least to start the year, as the number one goaltender for Chicago. It was really a battle between he and Colin Delia. But going back to the bubble uh, in Edmonton, Delia was not the Blackhawks' backup. They actually decided to go with Malcolm Subban. And if you all remember correctly, there was a scary incident with Corey Crawford. No one was really sure if he was going to be able to suit up for the Blackhawks in the bubble postseason. He ended up coming back for game one right on right in the nick of time. But before that, Malcolm Subban was looking like he was going to be the guy the Blackhawks would roll with as their starter if Crawford wasn't able to go. So that kind of transitioned into the offseason and um, kind of led to Subban being expected to come out of the gate as the guy. It was kind of his job to lose, and that actually wound up being the case coming out of training camp. Subban did get the start on opening night against the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, which wasn't all that pretty, if you all remember correctly. Um, But that role wouldn't last very long for Subban, as just four games later, Kevin Lankinen jumped onto the scene, made his NHL debut, and really ran away with the opportunity to be the guy in net for the Blackhawks. And after that point, Subban really played second fiddle for most of the year, up until 
the last kind of uh, the last uh, couple of weeks of the season when Lankinen hit a bit of a rough patch. But all in all, on the season, looking at Subban's numbers, he played in 16 games total. He started 14 of them. Um, I believe he had back-to-back. Yeah, Lankinen got pulled in back-to-back games where Subban had to come in relief. Um, and in those 16 games total. Subban posted a 6-8-1 record along with a 3.2 goals against average and a flat 900 save percentage with two shutouts. So, not a great record or really any statistics here. Um, but if you do go back and look at the game log for Subban this year, I mean, it's almost like he was two different people because some nights he was absolutely on top of his game. Looking at uh, some of his victories, he stopped 36 of 39 early in the year versus Nashville. I believe that actually wound up being an overtime loss. Uh, He stopped 30 of 31 in a win against Dallas. He had two shutouts this season, one against the Stars as well, and another one against Detroit. He also was in net for the Hawks' only win of the year against the Lightning. That night he stopped uh, 39 of 42 shots faced to lead the Hawks to a shootout victory. That came just... Uh, a day after Brent Seabrook announced his retirement, so kind of an emotional victory at home there for the Blackhawks. Um, But really what I am trying to get to here is that in his victories, Subban looked really good this year. However, looking at his losses, when he wasn't on his A game, it, it was pretty clear. Out of Subban's nine losses this past season, including the one in overtime, he posted a sub 900 save percentage in eight of them. The only one he didn't, his save percentage was 903. So, in wins, he was great, but in losses, not so much. Now, that also, though, could be due to the Blackhawks' defense just giving up a ton of high-danger scoring chances to the opposition. And also, one other thing I wanted to bring up with Subban, looking at the teams that he lost to this year, he lost to Tampa three times, lost to Nashville four times, who the Blackhawks just couldn't beat or score against this year for whatever reason. Then Subban lost to Carolina once, another great team, Dallas once, they were in the thick of a playoff run, and really is only, the only bad team he lost to was the Detroit Red Wings, and that only happened once as well. So really, Subban only got lit up by pretty good teams this season, which again, makes me kind of think that could have been more on the Blackhawks defense than Subban himself. And a couple of other numbers sort of tie into this as well. like. For example, Subban only posted a 42.3 quality start percentage this season. Now, I honestly think he was better than that number suggests. I would say out of his 14 starts this season, probably about 60 of them were quality. Um, Most nights, I did think, except for a couple, uh, he did his part in that to try and keep the Hawks alive. But the numbers don't suggest that, along with Subban's Save percentage at even strength, it was 896, and also um, he had an 882 save percentage while the Blackhawks were shorthanded. So yes, those numbers, they are on Subban a little bit, without a doubt. There were nights where he was just awful, don't get me wrong. But when the defense as a whole gives up, you know, the most shots and high danger chances in the NHL, how much can we really dictate that it was the goaltender's fault. It just makes it a little bit harder to judge Subban's 2021 campaign as a whole. But taking everything into consideration here, how Subban fared with the defense in front of him, he got a lot of tough starts. Um, in his wins, he was really good. In his losses, not so much. But also, those came against really good teams. 
I think I'm going to give Malcolm Subban a B- for his performance in 2021. There were times throughout the course of the season where I was thinking, you know, he was looking like a potential great backup for the Black for this Blackhawks team, and that could be a luxury for them to have going forward. And um, unfortunately, he kind of struggled towards the end of the year, I believe, in three of his final four starts, he allowed four goals, and then the only one he didn't, he allowed three. Um, so there were times where I was like, Malcolm Subban, he's got some potential here. And then there were others where it's just like, okay, maybe, maybe I was completely off, but I think just a lack of consistency is really what's been the problem for him. And that's the hardest part about being a goaltender in the NHL is proving you can do it night in and night out. And Subban just hasn't been able to do that yet where the Blackhawks can kind of trust him enough going forward, but all in all, I mean, I thought he did show enough this past year for the Blackhawks to give him one more look in the final year of his deal, but at the same time, the team has to be thinking about potentially moving him or Colin Delia with both of them still on the roster at the moment. That's definitely a situation to keep an eye on throughout the rest of the summer for the Blackhawks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, July 9th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go and get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey. Make sure to give it a follow for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Monday's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.